Hey, how you doing? We're back. How's it going, everybody? We are Mixed Apes. This is You Should Know This Song. Apparently, um, a couple of you are actually subscribed, and we're going to do this again. Actually return. So uh, we're going to let a second episode roll right over you right now. Here we go. All right, the segment we're going to be doing is a segment we call Quick Hits. It is where we trade a lyric and quickly guess what it is or just move on. And we do these verbally. They're not a... a, Right. We're not seeing them digital. We deliver them verbally. Verbal exchange. And uh, you get one clue, correct? Yep. Absolutely. One, One clue. And we are not supposed to... We're not supposed to go off on a tangent about any of this. We'll see if we can hold that we together, yeah, which is that. really the difficult part. So um, I'm going first. You're going first. I'm going first. Race of Apes says I'm going first. So we'll start with this. What's so funny about? Peace, love, and understand. Oh, Elvis right Costello. <laughs> yes. Don't remember which album. Can you tell us who? Armed Forces is the album. Okay. Uh, Nicholas Drain Lowe. Nick Lowe wrote that song. And not with Elvis Costello, which I was surprised to see. I'm not digressing, just making a point there. <laughs> yes, you are. Released in 1979. And the song is called What You Said. Peace, love, and understanding. Peace, love, and understanding. Okay, you hit me. Never meant to cause you any sorrow. Never meant to cause you any pain. Only one with it. Purple Rain. Very good. That's uh, Prince. Prince, and oddly enough, written by Prince. Oddly enough, written by Prince. And I'm going to guess that that was released. Purple Rain was released in 88. Okay, I will have to. I, oh, I have okay. not been recording. You don't have that. I've uh, not been you don't have that off top of your head. Okay. Okay, you ready? Sure. Now, if there's a smile on my face. Now is part of it? Yeah. Now, if there's a smile on my face. Now, I'm if not, there's a smile I, I don't on have my it. face. It's not coming. It's only there trying to fool the public. Oh, that's uh, Tears of a Clown. Yeah. Smokey, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 Smokey Robinson. Cool. Written by. You gave me a second, a second uh, line there. I did. I cheated, but I, I'm calling it one line because that's one line of the song, and I wanted you to get it because uh, Tears of the Clown, uh, 1967, written by Stevie Wonder and Smokey Robinson. No kidding. Yeah. Kind of interesting there. Okay, your turn. And I don't remember church bells or the money I put down. Yeah, Dixie Chicken, baby. Little Feats. One of the greatest. Little one George of the greatest and Fred Merton. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I, I, knew, I was I knew earlier today, to digress for just a minute, because if I don't <laughs> right now, I'll forget. Early, just earlier today, I was thinking of that song, and I was struggling to think of how I would... Present it? Present any portion of it to you. Yeah, the only way that you could do it right. would be in one of those Ask right. and Be Deceived segments. Where yeah, I and I was even that. thinking of that, and I was like, there's just no yeah. way. Uh, okay, it's. I, I actually like went through the song in my head line by line, going, "Yeah, he's going to know that one. He's going to know that <laughs> right. one." I couldn't find that was as close as I could get. This one's this one's kind of a kind of a zinger. So, okay. um, it's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. I don't know. I don't know. It's time to get things started on the Muppet Show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I and, now, I now can hear it, but right, I thought because of that the, was a good one because of the time and how popular that was, sure. I thought that would go over. Did, 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 did. Yes, I remember. Jim Henson wrote that. Uh, it was released in 1976, so that's when the show started, which was the closest thing I could find to reference. Your turn. Uh, so I have one that can only be delivered verbally. I could not give this to you digitally or via text or whatever. Wow. But it's how, 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 how. <laughs> well, it's Lagrange from ZZ Top. Yes, written by all three of the boys, Billy Gibbons, Dusty Hill, Frank Beard. Off of the, uh, oh my gosh, the name of the album just popped into my head and popped out. Trace Hombres? Trace Hombres, yes, Trace Hombres album. This one, I have to do more. It's not like it could be one line, so uh, it's going to sound like I'm doing more than one line, but to me, this is one line. 
whose wine, what wine. Where the hell did I die? Yes. <laughs> hey, no, you get that quite that quick. Whose wine? I, it's, is it Frampton? It's Frampton. It's Frampton. Off of the Double Live album. Well, you, yeah, he did play it on that. There's the uh, I'm, tube. I'm actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually, it's, the lyrics are right through my head. Yeah. Do you feel like we do? Yes. Do you hey. feel like we do? That's right. I was going to ask you, uh, I was going to see if you get the lyric right also. That was a technicality right there. Not do you feel like I do. Do you feel like we do? That's the actual name of the song. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, that was written by Rick Willis, Willis, Peter Frampton, Mick Gallagher, and John Siomos. I don't know if they are the band at that time. The album was Frampton's Camel, 1973. Uh, okay. Uh, he didn't see the station wagon car. I know this. Yes, you do. Oh, golly. Give me another line. No, not supposed to give me another line. Can't nope. do that. Quick hits. Right. He didn't see the station wagon. Nope. How can you get it? The skunk got squashed, and there you are. It's dead skunk <laughs> in the middle of the road. Dead skunk in the middle My of Loudon the road. My Loudon Wayne Wright Third. Who, by the way, his son has done some stuff with Paul Simon's kid. Is now, that this fucking is weird? technically digressing. Yes, it is. But right. I love it. Uh, yes, you. I think we talked about that before. Uh, okay, you ready? Yeah. Banana Fana. Obana. <laughs> I don't, I, I, that, that's the song, but I don't know what I don't know what the song's called. This song is called The Name Game. The Name, yes. The Name yes. Game. Who did that? Who originally Shirley that? Ellis, uh, 1964. And there's no album credited for that. Although it is referred to on Wikipedia as, I believe is Wikipedia, as a children's song. But that was a hit song. Oh, that was a, that huge was a hit, hit song. Motown yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lincoln Chase and Shirley Ellison wrote that. Your turn. And there was dancing and singing. Oh. And and moving to the grooving. Yes. And just when it hit me, somebody turned around and shouted, uh, that is Play That Funky Music. Yep. By Wild Cherry. Very, Wild Cherry. Very yes. good. Very good. I get them mixed up with uh, the band that did Brick House. Really? Yeah. I, I get him, I get okay. that mixed up a little bit. Because of the two songs being after your therapy, so substantial we'll at the out. same time. You know what I mean? Uh, written by Bob Parisi, Rob Parisi. He was the uh, the guy yeah. with the white uh, Les Paul, the lead singer of the band, mm -hmm. and the lead. Mm -hmm. uh, he is the uh, um, boogie singer. He right. references in the song. Right. Nice. Uh, and I believe it is your turn. How about funny thing, but you can sing? No, I don't know it. With a smile in your voice. That's the second line. You just cheated. Again. I did. We're both cool. song sung blue. Neil Diamond. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Yeah, uh, absolutely right. That, and, and that's the lyric. Neil Diamond wrote it. That is the lyric, and that's the name of the song. song okay. Song Blue. And so I've got the last one for this particular segment. Right. The cops came busting in, and then we lit out in a pickup truck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not hearing the phrasing. I'm not going to get it. you got to sing it kind of uh, feverishly. Yeah. No, it's not going to hit. It's Get Out of Denver, Baby Go. Bob Seger. Bob Seger. And then again yeah. done yeah. by Dave Edmonds. And I which is a really a cover really, by Dave Edmonds. Yeah, a really <laughs> yes, I didn't know that. Imagine no, that. I, did, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Because only half the songs he did were covered. Yeah, um, but I didn't Yeah, if you don't know that, um you, yeah, yeah. you need to know that. I will song. check that out. You need to check it out. Right. Uh, you need uh, to yeah, check it's, this it's, out. It's just as good as the original almost. Okay, well that was great. That was a blast. Yep, yep. For yep. me. In uh, the end of the segment we call Quick, Quick Hits. And uh, I think with the next segment we want to do is something that we like to call uncontrolled substance. It allows us to do what we do, which is just kind of rant for a while about a given subject. Uh, the blather sub and blather. And that's something that we both happen to be pretty good at, uh, which is blathering. 
And this episode subject is live albums, your favorite live album. Yes. Um, and there are a half a dozen that come to mind immediately for me. And yes. I'm sure it's the same as the case for you. How do you pick a favorite is what it sort of boils down to, or even a top five favorites. Yeah. I mean, and what I think are favorite, what I think are the best live albums wouldn't be what you think they are, right? I mean, well, absolutely. The whole thing, and, so. fa- and to that point, favorites for different reasons. Right. Like, uh, probably the same for you. At least one of my favorites is more because of how much I enjoyed it at that time in my life and how much I remembered that time in my life. Sure. I like the songs. I like the artists, whatever. But at that time in my life, I wasn't paying attention to the performance quality, the, you know, the audio quality of it, whatever. I just love the album because, man, I listened to that album a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for whatever reason, these are the albums that we're considering some of our favorites. Some. So, what, what's the one you were favorites. referencing just there? The one I was referencing just there is Cheap Trick Live at Budokan, which is a pretty renowned live album in oh, the yeah. in the r- sort of rock history of live albums from the probably the '60s through the '80s. I think it's it's up there as far know? as you know popularity. And as all that, far as yeah. popularity sure. and recognition, whatever and. Cheap Tricks, you know, a great band and whatever. I just don't know that I ever really paid attention to the quality of the performances on it. But I want you. Right. And that song is, you know, certainly the the hinge linchpin of the album. Yeah. But but there's a lot, you know, Rick. Nielsen. Uh, guitar Rick Nielsen uh, is is a really a good guitarist, and he was a good guitarist live and whatever. The vocals sound good. Anyway, it was just a such a good time album for oh, me yeah. at that time. Such a good time album to listen to. Driving around in cars, at people's houses, the whole thing. See, and one of my favorites isn't even rock and roll per se. It's just a, such a great album, and the band seems to be having a great time. And that's, that's important. And that's Willie and Family Live. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, from when Willie... Early mid '80s was uh, Honeysuckle Rose was out, and uh, what's the uh, on the road again? On the road again. Um, William Whalen and the boy. He was seeing uh, a lot of success right then. There was a crowd I was hanging out with. We were playing cards two or three nights a week. Right, right. Canasta of all things, actually, old people game. And I wasn't an old people then. I was going to say that was a while ago. That Um, wasn't. uh... But uh, yeah, and it was just one of those albums where, like, the band just seemed to be having a blast. Right. Every single song on there was a party song. I mean, Willie Nelson, arguably one of the greatest songwriters of my lifetime. Uh, going beyond yeah. the stuff that he did for himself. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. For ten years before he was ever songs he wrote for known so as a, many other as a, people as a performer, he was so writing songs for people. else. It was one of those albums that was just a phenomenal album um, all the way through. And it's not by anywhere near my top favorite, but it's probably my top ten favorite live albums. Right. If if that album is, and I have not listened to it frequently, I've heard tracks off it and heard of the people playing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is the kind of and, and this might seem kind of silly to say about a live album, but the kind of live album where they leave the in-between stuff. You know what I mean? They're not cutting the yeah, track. Yeah, absolutely. Right after the crowd applause yeah. starts there's to some, fade, right, and then some, they're into the next some one. chatter with the crowd. Right, they leave a little bit of banter yeah, in there. Absolutely. That is, uh, first off, it's it's telling about whether the band's having a good time. Right, absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, but it also adds so much to sort of the enjoyment of the live experience through, you know, third-hand means or whatever. Absolutely. So if it's that kind of album, I get what you're saying. I, I got one just came to mind, and I know I just I just went, but one just came to mind that I'm certain we both share, and that's uh, waiting for Columbus. Well, it's definitely on my list. Um, it was the next thing that I was going to bring sorry up. Actually, for, no, no, not at all. I figured I figured that the two of us would hit on that because we talk about it with some regularity, actually. Yeah. yeah. 
And I talk about that album with some other people who are, you know, music dorks with some regularity also. And they're not all people who are quite as old as me and who sort of grew up with Little Feet in their ears yeah. as much as me. And, you know, I didn't I didn't come to know Little Feet until I was in my mid late late 20s. Right, right. So, I mean, they, they had already, I mean, by that time, Little George had already passed. Yes, right. And they'd right. already had their heyday, if you will. Yeah, and take, taking a different form, but lingered on as Little Feet with some, some a few hits after that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I did see them on that later tour when they had uh, the guy from Pure Prairie League was the vocalist. That's who I was trying to think of. I don't remember of. his yeah, name. Pure Prairie League guy. But he... Took over the spot in the band that Lowell, yeah. Lowell. Red Gumbo and some other things yeah. like that. That album, though, it, it ha- the reason I think both of us would agree that we've talked about as much as we have. The other people I talk with also is just that album has to do as much sort of with the uh, enjoyment for me of the album, the songs and being a good time album for me, as it does with the quality, the performance. It, well, the performance is amazing. It's just that. unbelievable. Yeah. The, so- think- the, so- the audio quality, sound quality, mix quality is really good too, but the performances are I this, they're just great to listen to. Just and I'm really not sure great. how many different nights that came from, but it right, sounds right, like right. one show, man. And the thing is, it's a double live album. Right. And Which go find one of those right now, right? From anybody right now. And not only is it a double live album, it's every song they do is a hit. Yeah. So I mean, there's yeah. you can one, I'm going to say through twenty through. songs on it, right? Right. You, every song that they're playing, you know, right? If you know a little about Little Feet, you know most or every one of those songs exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, and I find myself just pulling lyrics out of the air. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. Irrelevant to the album. Actually, I'm, I'm in the middle of a conversation with somebody and I'll say something that to me is a reference back to the album <laughs> right, right, all the right. time. But that one is just one of yeah. those that I think. Recently, a guy I know who uh, who knows a, an awful lot of music. I mean, he knows an awful lot of music. Uh, in the past, I would say, I, I think it's been a past year and a half, and he's a little closer to my age. He hadn't really ever heard listening to Columbus before a sip, a sip of something alcoholic, and that's where I go. Literally a sip. He hadn't heard it before, but he had heard about it. You know, a lot of people talking about yeah, it, like, album. oh, you got to hear that album. Well, he never got around to it, sort of. He finally got it and told me, you know, after listening to it, he was like, I, I can't believe, believe I haven't heard this. Yeah. You know, before now and having gotten to experience it, and you know, I wish I had listened to it 20 years ago or whatever. There was a while when I only knew the live versions of a couple of those songs. <laughs> that's uh, three or four cool. of those that's... songs. I'd never heard them. Right. I can see that. I mean, the album was, that album was very popular for them. It was a very successful live album. So, what what else do you got? Live and Dangerous by Thin Lizzy. I just you were going to bring that into the... I went to a concert in 1980 or 81. It was one of the two or three concerts that me and all three of my siblings went to together. Right. Probably one of two, actually. And, like, it was at Miskey Park in Chicago, what they call the Day in the Park. It was one of those huge... Miskey Park is where the Sox like play. A, where like the, a Super Jam thing. Yeah, where the Sox yeah. play uh, baseball. Remember Super Jam, by the way? Uh, no, I don't, because I didn't live here. Oh. That was a you thing, like Day in the Park was a me thing. Super Jam was like a uh, Lollapalooza thing. I thought that was like a nationwide Not Super that Jam. I, no, no. I, oh. never, I never saw it in Chicago. Yeah, Maybe Bush Stadium, a, there was like, you know, 15 big name acts yeah, no. all day long. No. Anyway. 
Yeah, I, I, maybe it was a Casey sponsor thing or something. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I but at any rate, it was. Anyway, it anyway, was, it was uh, Molly Hatchet, Eddie Money, Thin Lizzy, Journey, and Santana. Santana Actually, headliner. Santana and Journey is the order it was in. Right, right. Journey was the headliner, and then Santana, and then Thin Lizzy, and then Eddie Money and Molly Hatchet. Molly Hatchet, yeah. And it was a all day day in the park show. Yeah. Tickets were ten dollars and eighty cents. Oh my god! Because the radio station was one hundred eight FM. Oh, there the you loop, go. WLUP. Yeah. The, uh, the, and the loop is a thing in Chicago. The trains. Yes, right? I'm familiar with. Um, so at any rate, uh, and the loop radio station has been a huge rock radio station for there a for long, long time, a very yeah. long time. They it was ten dollars and eighty cents, and you got a loop T-shirt. Oh my god! Seventy thousand people. That was that was eighty five dollars worth of stuff. Even at the time, that was eighty five dollars at, worth at of a stuff. minimum. Yeah, and we went and we left early. Like I, I drove my sixty seven <laughs> six bang Mustang. Uh, and drove everybody down to the to the ballpark, and we left the house like at six in the morning. The concert started at eleven. Uh, anyway, That's, that sounds and it very. Was, there was lots of alcohol and drugs involved, yeah. and and a wonderful time. And there was going to sleep and waking up during the experience. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that that day that I saw them, and I was not a Thin Lizzy fan at the time. I was going to see Santana. Right, right. All the all the acts were good. Thin Lizzy was far and away the best act on stage. That I heard night. they were really, really. They were phenomenal live. live. Yeah, I never got to see them, but um, I heard they were good. And it wasn't a couple of years later, I think, that I discovered that album, and it may have already been out. Right, right. But it's just wall to wall, very, very high end performances. Phil and Not is mesmerizing. Right. Uh, as, right. The, as the lead singer and bass player. Gary, and I can't think of his name right now. That's uh, not his last name. No, Gary. That's <laughs> it. It's not Gary Wright, but it's with a W. Anyway, he's a, a blues player that was the only American that played in that band for a while. Really? And it'll come to me well after this conversation is over. But anyway, it was just, they were amazing. They were, both when I saw them and the, and the uh, album, it was one of those that like should be in every collection kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen that album on you know like fifty greatest albums, live albums lists, and what sure. have you. But I have never, I, you know, up front, never listened to it. I've never, I've heard live tracks off of it, but I've never listened. Do you to the still album, have so. a turntable operating in your house? No, but I know somebody who does. Just <laughs> <laughs> so say I'll pull a copy. I'm gonna have a friend. I'll, I'll pull a copy out of the closet right. and pass it on. Uh, I will. Um, I will Google it and, uh, and follow up on it. I have actually done some of my homework from previous previous uh, shamings. Really? Some of my homework. Well, we won't go into that and right I mean, now. I'm not shaming you, man. If you don't know it, you don't know. But this uh, one, it's, it's one of those we re like, it's really, really, really good. good really yeah. good. Um, so next up on my list, uh, and this is um, this is motivated, I think, by both the quality of the performance and the quality of the I should say, yeah, I guess both is the right word. Quality performance, quality of the recording, and by the, the time in my life, how much I really love this band. Uh, Humble Pie performance, Rock in the Film, was just an album that I, I mean, I, I loved Humble Pie in the first place. Sure. I loved Steve Marriott's voice, uh, you know, soulful screaming as much as anything just sure. ripping it out there precursor to our friends in the black crows and they wholly own that the the black crows who's the lead singer of the black crows i can't think of his name right now he references steve Marriott as an inspiration so i'm not taking any liberties there but that album is one of those albums you can listen to and you feel like you're there mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah, you feel like you're at the live show and steve Marriott is just getting you cranked up and and you need you feel like you need earplugs, even if you're not listening to it sure. loud. So you're going to damage your ears. 
and like every every track like we just talked about every track i just wanted to hear again you know yeah so big humble pie fan uh the time in my life you know it was a it was a good time album but i always had a way deeper appreciation than just hey i'm partying with my friends yeah and listening to this rock and roll that's loud like that album was just i just appreciated it greatly musically you know what i'm saying all the mm-hmm. way through so. absolutely and a lot of albums at the fillmore from the time well yeah i mean zappa yeah. had a live at the fillmore i know and now, of course, I can't think of it. But I was, like, live at the Fillmore, live at the Fillmore East, where it was tagged on yeah, the yeah. end of a half yeah. dozen albums, right? Yeah. I have one. Uh, I never went to the Fillmore. Neither did I. Yeah. Um, and I haven't spent a lot of time on the West Coast yeah. or the East Coast, actually. And I think for the, for me, this one was more about the, what was going on when I was listening to it. Yeah. Uh, was Jethro Tull's Bursting Out. Oh, I forgot about adding that to the list. Yeah, yeah that is It's one of those that's just... It's a really good album. They're a great band, obviously. And they're great live. And they're great live. Yeah. Uh, and Ian Anderson does a little bit of chatter with the with the house a couple right, times. Right. But it's just one of those that, like, whether it's the, you know, New Day Yesterday, which is, like, heavy thumping bass, mm-hmm, or if mm-hmm. it's Skating Away, which is, you know, all right. lyrics and flute work, right? Right. Bell, almost ballet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, it's just one of those that end to end is very satisfying. Right, me, right, you right. Know? Yeah, I, I And I don't know, I don't know, like I said, I don't know that anybody else feels that way, but I, it's one for me that's one. No, I, I did, I did hear, I did listen to that album, and I remember it now that you mention it. Um, I certainly haven't thought of it in a long time, but I did have a really, really uh, good appreciation. I enjoyed that that live album a lot because I enjoyed Jethro Tull live. I think I saw Jethro Tull on one of those two things we talked about on the Super uh, Jam thing this episode. No, um, on like a Don Kirshner's rock concert oh, or a Midnight Special sure. thing. I don't believe I'm foggy, but I don't think I ever saw Jethro Tull live. No, I, did I didn't. See I think some my of those wife big, did, but she saw every band in the she's world. She's our. Yeah. She has a catalog. Literally, like somebody, how do you, how many people do you know who are our age who like saw Zeppelin and the Stones and Supertramp? You see the Beatles? She did not. She didn't see the Beatles. Well, she was eleven. They broke <laughs> up, so probably still. Not. I mean, like, come on, everybody else. I mean, and she's got tickets that say like it was six fifty to go see the Stones. You know what I'm saying? It's, oh my it's, God. it's insane. Bet she didn't get a free T-shirt. With no, her. she did not. She did but not. but uh, and and she apparently and long obviously long before I knew her, but apparently she was going to the concerts like every other weekend man and and at a time when there were lots of bands playing and you could afford to go my other pick is uh for this segment is i almost feel like this is a this is like a cheap shot but again there's just a lot for me in my life with this album we talked about it just recently and that's bob seeger and the silver bullet band live sure quality of the performance i mean they were rocking they were playing high the music there were a lot of great songs i just heard turn the page the non-live version for the first time what? the other day really? i had never heard it when it wasn't i can see that because turn the page is it's like the primarily the live version yeah. has always been played on that's funny yeah. yeah i hadn't thought about that before but that's that's real shit there. Yeah, yeah. And so you just heard the, yeah. I, I just heard the recorded version, the not non-live right. version. Obviously, both recorded. That's but, great. Yeah. Well, that's a testament to how good the live version is. You yeah. know what I mean? There's Absolutely. a lot of songs on there that are, you know, yeah, we should be playing this instead of that. I I think, you know, the the time in my life is definitely part of the weight of that. But but there was a great, there was a double live album. Wasn't it? I believe so, but yeah. I, I, I can't. I can't speak to that. It was great through and through, like these other albums we're talking about. I mean, just 
every song great through and through they left the you know banter with the crowd in um it's a live performance that was yeah. captured you know what yeah. I mean? and and whether it was several live performances pieced together as so many of them are it feels like you're at a concert yeah with Bob Seger absolutely and Silver Bolt Band. Yeah. so so that's uh that's the one i got what what do you got i think the last one i have would be uh stevie ray vaughn's oh my gosh I have, I, I, like the name of the actually actual name of the album escapes me but it's probably just Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble Live. Yeah, I think, I think the album had uh, a title. Anyway. But that one is another one that's just, it's so very. Stevie Ray Live, Live was really just, was he not always good? Like everything I know about him, and I, I've heard a lot of Stevie Ray Vaughan's live stuff uh, and that album. But everything I've heard is, I, he's awesome. I have a neighbor who told me that apparently before Stevie Ray Vaughan was well known that somebody saw him at like a state fair or a county fair and like Stevie Ray Vaughan was up on stage and there were people just like walking by the stage and there was nobody there and there were like four or five people going like how can you people not right. see how fucking how, great this is how can you not see what's going on yeah exactly wow. um, and I guess you know everybody has those you know those stories if you will before they became who they are right right but yeah I just I've never I never saw and I saw him live once for sure maybe twice um I think at a place in Northern Illinois called Alpine Valley, or it might be Southern Wisconsin. It's right on the border. Um, is, it, is that a Alpine Valley? Sounds like a resort. Is it's, that it's a, an outdoor concert venue? It is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, familiar. you didn't have to see him live if you had that album because it was just balling from end to end. I couldn't help but bring it up on the wiki page. It's Live Alive. That's it. Steve yes. Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble from 1986. Uh, you know, I. I I'm a little, you know, I, I don't know how to put it. I'm a little, um, like, I wish I had said that album. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, I wish I had said that album. Because I just dug Stevie Ray Vaughan a lot. And played a couple of his songs in live bands that I performed. Did you really? So, yeah. Uh, really, really. See, I never got, got to do that. I mean, and, and uh, certainly I never played guitar well enough. To, I played at guitar. But I never yeah. played guitar. <laughs> I did get up on stage with my brother once when he was performing at a bar somewhere and sing harmony. And like, yeah. that was the, like my, my, uh, was your Zenith, my yeah. rock and roll Zenith anyway. I mean, I did some stuff on, for the theater, but I never did. Yeah, anything. Yeah. I mean, that's some cool shit being able to like get up there and be the guy. Yeah. Or, you know, if the crowd sticks around, then it means that was cool shit. If, right. if you can't manage to pull that off. Uh, so that album, just to touch on real quickly, among other things, uh, pride and joy, superstition, hold shot, Willie, the wimp, Texas flood, look at little sister, Voodoo Child, Love Struck, uh, the, you know, it, that's most of the songs that are on that live album. And I mean, just great. great and he just doesn't songs. stop. I mean, those songs, all of those songs are a good third again as long as they are on the album yeah. when he plays them live. I mean, right. he's just, it, it seems to never end. Six minutes, five and a half, yeah. five and a half, six and a half, yeah. nine and a half minutes on Voodoo Child, which we, if you've listened to rock radio that song has been played on rock radio in full for all nine minutes the yep. live version of voodoo child has definitely been played yeah right. so that was fun it and was I, and we should we should revisit this in another venue somewhere down yeah, the yeah. line so we will revisit that um, and uh, it reminds me to do something like we did on a previous episode here where we ran through picked a year i think it was 1973 yeah there are 50 albums it was 
right. years old. We went through month by month and sort of talked about the albums that were churned out over the course of the year and how amazing it was. It's so many great albums were churned out. Um, this reminds me to even just look through like top 50 live album lists right. and, and sure. talk, well, you talk know, through some of them. And I know we're trying to wrap up this uh, particular segment, but I went through at my sister's urging and looked at 72 and 74 and 71 <laughs> and 75. And the truth is, it's the same every thing. Year, every right. year, right? Those years. And I guess if, if you know, they would, if you kept going down the line, it might, I might hit a point at which it, it sours on me. But like, there's from those years, and because of the age we are, the, the era that we grew up in. Sure, sure. You know, those songs, there were 60 or 70 or 80 seminal albums being put up every <laughs> right, year. Right, every yeah, year. I mean, those years and those albums, those are the basis of why we are rock and roll lovers. Right. Absolutely. You know I mean? Right. And, right. Uh, all, and 73 happens to be 50 years for, back to 73, but the same is true of all the other years. You know, g g do yourself a favor. Go to Wikipedia. Do your Wikipedia thing. Yes. Go to Wikipedia and donate to Wikipedia yes. first. And then. Right. But when you go and look at like the albums that were released in a given year from when you were a kid, from when you were right. 17 or 14 or whatever, you know, pick a year, it doesn't matter. And you're going to just be blown away. And me. even listen, uh, even check out, because it occurs to us as we're talking a lot, but even on the showgram here, you know, I really started being aware of listening to rock music when I was eight or nine. You know what I mean? I had uh, three older brothers, and so they were, you know, giving me the influence, right? But even as though, well as giving you the pain. And, so yeah. Right, pain and suffering. Even the the years when I was three and four, they were introducing me still because they were still listening to music. Right. It, it was only four, five, six years going old. on in the house, kind of. Right, thing. right. So I can look back at you know even the the uh, mid sixties, the early sixties, the late fifties, and see. A lot of stuff. I'm like, wow, that was a great album. That was a great album. That well, or like through all you can see years. where the influences came from as well. Right, absolutely, you know, I mean, you that's kind of the thing along. too. I was reading a thing on on Rungwin the other day, and just like. I, I will save it for another episode, but just like there's just like where these artists come from and all the things that they draw on. Right. What it they soaked up that turned them into who they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. I'd like to think, me personally, that I can get through into the early 2000s and still see, oh, great album, great album. I don't know that I could get past past maybe 2005 yeah, and really and know the artists well enough. But I'd be interested you're to much see. more um, knowledgeable about that era than I am, quite honestly. I mean, I, I honestly just stopped listening to radio for a while. And yeah, not because, yeah. like, oh my God, it's so bad, but just like, I started doing other things. I started listening to the, yeah. the, the music that I had right, or following, right. you know, the serious radio kind of stuff, satellite radio. Right, right. Listening just, to a uh, ch uh, channel, and I mean the word channel, like uh, like a, a type of, right, of exactly. music instead of... And uh, I kind of stopped listening to not just pop radio, but rock radio. Right. And then I have a very low tolerance for loud commercials. I, my hearing is just <laughs> like... So that kind of is what slammed me off of that. I right? have a very low tolerance for even soft commercials. Yes, I yes. just do not like the commercials, I which thank God for streaming stuff yeah. these days. You can still... But I mean, that's, you know, that's how you pay the bills, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so we have gone well beyond our allotted time. Ground that into the soil, didn't we? Yes, but uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I really time. enjoyed that. And yeah. hopefully you enjoyed it as well. If you did, please remember to subscribe and, and like, like and, and tell your family and your friends and the people you don't like and right. everybody that you know. Risk your reputation. Um, Go ahead. Step out there. Go ahead. Take a chance. We are having a blast. Doing this, there is no uh, financial remuneration. 
enumeration or whatever the word is. I like the first pronunciation <laughs> of that. Let's uh, stick with that. But uh, we're just having fun and we want to continue to share with you guys. So thanks very much for joining us. We are Mixed Apes. This is... You should know this song. You should know this song. We are done. Thank you. Hey, sorry if the end of the episode interrupted your bliss, but you should know this song is trying to be a podcast. So, as with life itself, starts and ends are part of the cycle. Yeesh. So anyway, here's a bunch of cool stuff. First, the mixtapes appreciate you listening, and if you enjoyed it, well, we support you, so forget about what others are saying. Share it with your friends, your family, your bowling league. If you didn't like it, you're probably still going to be okay. We hope you got some bit of new info or reminded you of a song you haven't heard in a while or a new song. Maybe something we said triggered you to go listen to some great song and expand your own musical bliss. Got some feedback for us? Awesome. Please send us whatever you're thinking about the show. We want the show to get better for the audience. Want some more? Just subscribe and like magic, you'll know when there's more. Hop on the website, www.mixedapes.com. That's M-I-X-E-D-A-P-E-Z dot com. And you'll find info that may help you understand where this idea came from for us. Check out the charity's promo page while you're there. Some people are doing cool stuff out there in the world. Anyway, till next time, be great like a mixed ape.